Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. And we'll be doing my first edition of Flick Picks. We will be discussing Mitchells versus the Machines and The Rock. All right, let's talk about some news and D23, Disney's little showcase and expo and whatnot, where they talk about all their upcoming projects. We got some announcements out of their Friday night exhibition. So first off, there's the Little Mermaid trailer starring, I believe, Chloe Bailey, right? Yes. Perhaps. I'm going to look it up right now. Back it sounds correct to me. I'm going to fact uh, check you. But yeah, we got just a teaser trailer at it, looking at her swimming around under the sea and then her singing part of a song. So not too much, but our first full look in a Hallie teaser trailer. Hallie Bailey. Hallie, Hallie Bailey. Bailey. Chloe Bailey is the sister, I guess. So Hallie Bailey is the one that actually is in the movie. Um, so yeah, did you look at the teaser? I did. And what did you uh, think? I think it actually looks good. I think so too. I yeah. think however much money they spent on uh making it look good, especially under the water, mm. I think it's coming through. And then we heard just a snippet of her singing. And she's an actual professional singer, so you know, no notes on that. She uh is good at her job, so we'll see. I guess the acting side of it and the rest of the cast in a future trailer, but it seems like little mermaid is going to be yet another success for Disney in doing their live action remakes. We also have disenchanted the sequel to enchanted, which do you remember when the first one came out? Was it 2009 like or something? When was it? Something like that, like 2004 or something. Jesus. A long, long time ago. It's it's always been out in my mind. So it must have been a long that far time back, ago. but maybe. 2007. Middle 2007. ground. Gotcha. Yeah, so Amy Adams, of course, returning to that. You just watched the trailer. I just watched the trailer. What do you think? I think it looks good, too. I think it just looks like a sequel to Enchanted. I agree. I think it looks okay. I don't think it's going to blow my mind. Not, not very Enchanted by the trailer, if I'm being honest. But I do love Amy Adams, and so I wish the best for her in everything. I but love James Marsden in addition to Amy Adams. James Marsden agreed. is so good. Yeah, he's cool. So I don't know if I'll be checking it out, <clears throat> even to you know try and relive some of the magic from 07. But it might be a fun double I, feature day night. I might do it. It seems like it makes sense for you, yeah. Yeah, um, and then you'd have to let me know if it's worth checking out at all. Sure. We also had Hocus Pocus two trailer for that. Did you watch that one? No, I don't really give a shit about <laughs> Hocus Pocus, and I don't even know if I've seen the first one. Uh, yeah, me neither. I didn't see Hocus Pocus the first one. Didn't see the trailer for this one. Not gonna watch it for obvious reasons. Not 
that'd be kind of spooky-esque stories, even when it's family-friendly fun. Still doesn't yeah. grab my attention. Uh, a big announcement that came out of there, Inside Out 2 Whoa. is going to hit theaters 2024. Crazy. And Amy is returning as Joy. However, it seems like there have been reports that Bill Hader and Mindy Kaling will not be returning because they which, were low-balled in the salary offerings, geez, which is crazy. What, what, uh, what, was their, uh, what emotions were they playing? I believe Hader was fear and Kaling was who would be the other one. <laughs> she was in sadness, so she would have had to been the... The what was the other one? The green like one, right? That one. Yeah, what was the green one? Envy? Disgust, I think. Disgust, right? disgust. That sounds right. Yeah, it, it, they're in the mind of a uh, of one of the people in Dune because fear is the mind killer. <laughs> It'd be great crossover. Florence Pugh is also working on that movie. Amazing. Just any Dune esque project. I just feel like everything um, that comes out on the news is just Florence Pugh's in it now. <laughs> I know. Not a complaint. Be a great running gag. I'm trying to see what, what actually was Minnie Kaling in Inside Out. I think Disgust is correct. I think you are correct in saying that, but I can okay, fact yes, check you. That is, I just fact checked. It is the case that she was Disgust. Wonderful. Nice. But yeah, that's crazy that two of the five emotions that they had, they're not going to get back because they didn't offer to pay them enough. Wild. So are they going to get recast? It's still going to be in the same girl's no, head, Riley. There's no fear. There's no fear? What do you mean? There's no fear. They just get rid of fear. Yeah, she yeah. conquered it. She, she she beat it, yeah. she is. She's not fear of anything. Bro, it'd be hilarious. But yeah. But apparently they are also supposed to add new emotions as well. So oh. I guess... They should still be around again. I don't think they're going to throw out fear and disgust entirely, but I guess maybe they'll be put to the background and whatever these new emotions are, we'll be able to take center stage alongside Amy Poehler as Joy. But yeah, that's what emotion one would two. you add if you had to add an emotion? Um, it's a good... What's a, what's a complicated emotion you get when you become a teenager? Hmm. 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 I don't know. It's uh, hmm. it is a good question. What type of emotion? Because there's, I don't know. And what would you also classify as emotions? Because there's also like states of being. I think that are things that they could use, but maybe wouldn't make much sense. Like I don't know. Anxiety is already sort of. I don't know, because they had sadness, they had fear. Fear sort of relates to anxiety, but maybe it's sort of a different thing that they could separate. Hmm. They just yeah, have they, one emotion yeah, yeah. that's dedicated to, like, hormones going insane. <laughs> Horny. This is just, this is just, <laughs> uh, this is just, uh, what's it called? Fucking, uh, the show that Mason hates. What, what is, what is it? Fuck. The Does the Nick Kroll show. Fuck. <laughs> I fuck. Don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Figure it out. What is it? <laughs> what the fuck? Big mouth. Fucking hell. 
It's just oh. big mouth. Because it's very horny. Big yeah. Mouth. It would just be big mouth. Maybe. He's literally called the fucking hormone monster, bro. <laughs> I don't think they'll go that crazy, but they'll have maybe something, I'm yeah. sure. But what else could be the... Uh, Touch yourself, also, Brian. Bing Bong will be will be not coming back, it seems. Yeah, well, that makes sense because he's uh, dead, you know? Exactly. That does make maybe sense. They, maybe no, he's have dead. a nostalgia emotion. <laughs> we get nostalgic for Bing Bong. Being absolutely dead. You can't be nostalgic nostalgic for him because you forgot him. That's like the whole point of him falling in the thing is he's now forgotten uh, forever. So he's dead. Tragic. He's dead, dead. Tragic. But also like, why were the emotions afraid of falling in there? Because like, what are they going to forget happiness forever? I don't know. It could be. Are you Googling emotions right now? I am, and I'm trying to see which ones are actually good. Because so many of them are the same ones. And then also so many of them are like states of beings or sort of belief and whatnot that I don't know if they really classify as emotions in the way that we would think about it. Ryan, it's concerning to me you had to Google emotions. What you, well, list off all the emotions you can right now. Fuck you. Exactly. I'm just saying there's a, like, yeah, someone's listing trust. I don't really know that trust is an emotion. In a way, maybe, but like, I don't know. I don't think that's the case. Guilt, I think. That's probably a good emotion. But again, they're saying well, love. I'm which on a website that says this online interactive tool breaks down 50 or so emotions into five main categories, which are anger, fear, sadness, disgust, and joy. <laughs> is which that is very funny? They based it seems like on, they Google. They... <laughs> yeah. When did this article come out? Oh, it came out, well, it was updated on May 25th, 2022. I don't know when it originally came out. Maybe they based the scientific article <laughs> on Inside Out. <laughs> They're like, hey, they're on to something there. <laughs> they're like, wow, they covered it. They covered all the major categories. Yeah. I can't, well, look at us. We can't think of a single emotion outside of it. Well, because I'm saying really there is a lot of overlap. You did point out, I think Envy would be a good one. I think you can. Yeah. I think Envy as falls as into disgust, but perhaps not. Eh, maybe not. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I'm sure they'll love, come up with love amazing enjoyment. I suppose could, love, but I think enjoyment, but love could also, be its own thing. Yeah, have it be a distinct thing. So yeah, we'll see. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they sure they're they're we'll, the creative ones. They're on top of it. We're not getting paid to do their job for them. Think of emotions. Move on with the D twenty three stuff. <laughs> the other announcement they had is a Mufasa: The Lion King prequel. From Barry Jenkins, the director Whoa. of Moonlight. So this is shocking. Wasn't it going to be like Lion that, King 2? Huh? Wasn't Barry Jenkins going to do Lion King 2 and then now they're canceling and doing a prequel instead? I guess so. I don't really remember the Jenkins doing Lion King 2 announcement. I remember this, that announcement. When I saw it, I was shocked. It was like the one, the meme of the kimchi girl or whatever. You remember that? No. The you don't the reaction meme no. where she's like, she was drinking the thing, she's disgusted, the but then she sort of likes it, then she hates it again, and she's like, uh, maybe just do the face, just do the face, do it for me I, on the audio podcast. Also, I was yeah, why well, can't I replicate? Well, it's for me, it's not for the audience. I don't know what the fuck you're talking. But about. I was just verbally describing exactly what it was. 
She it's takes not enough. Sip. I'm a visual learner. She doesn't like it. She's disgusted by it. Mindy Kaling uh. comes out in her mind. And then she's sort of, she's interested in it. She sort of likes it. She gives it a second chance. The aftertaste is a little good. But then it comes back I'm around. And it's, it. Kimchi girl meme. Nothing came up. Well, I don't know what she was drinking. Oh. But it should be. Why did you say kimchi? What was it? Oh, I don't know what it is. She was drinking something that would bring on that sort of reaction. Okay. I uh, I know what you're talking about now. You it's saw kombucha. It? There you go. Easy okay. to mistake. So anyway. Not really, because kimchi is a food, not a drink. Is there a liquid element to kimchi? Thank you. Yes. Shut your mouth. It'd be hard to drink kimchi. Well, sure. Really Again, grind it up. I'm not saying. No, I'm she not was saying there aren't kimchi drinks out there. there. But yeah, I'm saying it's slightly reasonable that someone could. I'm be drinking happy kimchi for Barry have Jenkins. That sort of reaction. I'm happy beyond. for Barry Jenkins. He's gonna make good money. Oh, I think so too. Which I'm glad that you know, one for them, one for me. So whatever his next film is, I'm Get sure it will breath. be an absolute banger. But this makes me sad because number one. They're doing the photorealistic route. Of course. That of course. the Favreau Lion King did. Disgusting. Disgusting. And it's a Mufasa prequel. So are we even going to get James Earl Jones? What is the point of doing Mufasa if we don't have James Earl Jones? But what if you do? Would you be excited then? I think then? it'd be cool. Sure, it'd be better. Probably Zumba. make a break. Because again, there's no point to doing it if he's not there. But they'd also have to... Do the same thing they did with the Kenobi thing because his voice isn't the same. So they'd have to do that with it. Um, and then even that. Mufasa has really to fight the Inquisitors. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'd want. But they, like, I don't know. What is the point of it? It seems like it's just, and why do they even need the subtitle? Everyone knows who Mufasa is. Come on. Is the subtitle really the Mufasa? Lion King prequel? Yes. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> it's Mufasa the Lion King. Is what the subtitle is, but man, it it is tragic to see that happen. Yeah, that's a pretty dumb, pretty dumb subtitle. I've seen that a lot recently. A lot of dumb subtitles mm-hmm. to movies. I don't get it. If I have a subtitle, why not just name it Mufasa? Agreed. Oh well. But, yep. Any Something other news? to look out for on twenty twenty four is when it's supposed to hit. Yeah. And then finally, for D23, they announced Wish, which will be a Disney animated musical. That'll be the 100th anniversary. It'll come out in 2023, so it'll be celebrating the 100th anniversary of Disney because they came out in 1923, hence D23. Ooh, that makes sense. I was about to ask you why the fuck is it called D23? <laughs> Yeah, I just figured it out because when I was starting, I was like, why is it called Teach Why did they just pick a random <laughs> thing? It's like, it's 2022. They've only been doing this a couple of years. Why are they calling it D23? But yeah, it's. They've all I been planning because... towards next year's D23. <laughs> exactly. The 23 D23. <laughs> mm-hmm. But all right. So that is the news for D23. Moving okay. into box office predictions, we have <clears throat> Barbarian coming out this weekend. There's a horror film. It's gotten good reviews, but I haven't seen it advertised very much. Have you? 
seen it advertised uh, at I've all. I've seen it a little bit, but I honestly have no idea what this is. Yeah. All I know is it's a horror film. They've done a... I don't know if they wanted to do that, where they want to keep the plot a mystery and whatnot, but they've done... Something about quite a woman a in an job. Airbnb. Mm. Seems like fun. I might check it out. But yeah, I don't think it's going to do very well. Uh, Eight million? I'll say six million. Whoa. It's probably going to be seven million. Maybe split the difference yet again. Yep. All right. Now let's pick up the uh, pick up the excitement because now we're going to do my flick picks. And I'm very excited because the first one is going to be a movie that I've been trying to get you to see since it came out last year. <coughs> God, fuck. <laughs> since it came out last year. Man, I am so excited to hear what you thought of it. It is The Mitchells versus The Machines. It's an animated movie that came out last year about robots taking over the world, and one family, The Mitchells, can stand up to them. They are a ragtag team of dysfunctional family members. Now, I thought you would like this because it is Chris Lord or Phil Lord and Chris Miller from the Into the Spider-Verse team. And you love Into the Spider-Verse. You mm-hmm. love the colorful, wacky, zany animation like paired with a very heartfelt grounded story this does a very similar thing it has a very wacky zany sort of unique animated look mixed with a very grounded heartfelt family story uh it is directed by michael rianda and jeff rowe and it's based on rianda's family they are both former gravity falls writers who doesn't love gravity falls man i right? didn't watch it <laughs> you bitch <laughs> You bitch! Now, now I know you're going to be watching. It's only two seasons. You have to watch it. It's like 24 episodes. Uh, we'll you see. have to watch Gravity no, Falls. No, I don't think so. No, you have to watch Gravity Falls. It's fucking it amazing. I'm going to start rewatching Gravity Falls now. You dick. It's got a great theme song. Especially because I finally, I finally paid my Disney Plus subscription. So we've got Disney Plus back. Nice. Anyway, it's, it's this beautiful, great colorful stylistic animation that's very unique that i knew would grab your attention it's got very unique humor that makes me laugh like three out of four times i think it works i think it's funny most of the time which is great and the story is very heartfelt so ryan what were your initial reactions what did you what did you think when you first put it on you were first watching it so i think as we talked about before uh in the grab bag way long ago when you were first talking about when you saw it mm-hmm. I had seen the trailer of it and I liked the trailer. Like when I was flipping through Netflix, I just paused on the Mitchell's versus Machine poster and then it was playing the trailer that it does. And I was like, oh, that, that seems cool. Again, I was, I noticed the striking animation that they were doing um, in some of the like humor that they had in there. And I was like, okay, that seems like it would uh, be something I'm into. But I didn't end up watching it for whatever reason. And then, it just became funny every now and then you'd be like, you got to watch this thing. And I just didn't get around to it. But I knew at some point we would. We would do something for the show and then I'd be able to watch it. And I'll tell you what. I'm glad that we did because I love this film. It's Let's good. go. Oh, yes. I knew it. I fucking it. Knew is it is fantastic because there's a certain point where because I the beginning uh, was strong and then it goes back to them uh, like living out their ordinary life. Um, and even then, I was enjoying it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I can see how this is something Dylan would think that I would love, but it didn't get to that 
level yet where I was fully invested and fully just smiling while watching it pretty much the whole time. Um, but then, yeah, there's a certain point where it hit that threshold. And I was like, this is a great, great movie. I'm so glad that I was able to watch it. It definitely, I think, should have won the Oscar. That's what I'm saying. Over Encanto. Because, I mean, they're both good films, but this one. This one it's actually had great. like a heart and a story to it, you know. Well, I think the other one had heart to it as well. It's a different right, heart, but, but it didn't. It didn't have a well thought out like theme to stretch through. Right. I think this. And one... I also don't think. I don't think the end of Encanto really encapsulated the theme they were trying to go for, and I think that was a big fault. Right. I think this one does. Yeah, it's hard not to be affected by what it's trying to convey to you, and that is just the power of embracing your people, your family, and all the weirdness that it has. So that stuff is beautiful. And then, of course, there's a bunch of other, uh, like, not, I guess, a bunch of other, but one of the other major themes that they talk about is with social media and smart tech, the Internet of Things, where every appliance nowadays has some sort of smart computer chip in it. Um, And so I did like that as well. (laughs) They would constantly bring up the thing of maybe handing over everybody's information to an unregulated computer program was a bad idea. They kept bringing that up a couple of times and I always thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, I think, as you said, it is so heartfelt, so sentimental. And I can see how some people would maybe be turned off by that at a certain point. Um, but this is like an animated film. It's a family-friendly film, I think, that kids you can put on and will adore it. Teens you can put on and they'll still find a lot, especially like today's current Gen Z uh, people, since a lot of the humor is geared towards that and relates a lot with Internet stuff. And then even parents would be able to connect with it because it has that that core of the family, specifically the father daughter relationship to get invested in. But then all the other family members as well have their own thing going on that if you're at that particular age or if you even have it that like role in the family you can definitely draw some parallels to yourself and and be connected. So I think that is another strength to the film. And they handled it so well. And also, as you said, it's very funny. It yeah, is, it is funny. a lot. And we'll talk about some of the things um, that <laughs> in particular I really enjoyed. But yeah, overall, I'm glad I was able to watch it. I think it's a great film, great animated movie. It should have taken the should cake have taken should the cake, have done man. it last year so yeah what was the what was the point where it started grabbing you where you were starting to get really invested in the story it was the scene after the robots attack at the dino land mm-hmm. and then we see the posies the other family the like perfect family <laughs> they start doing their thing and do like the butterfly yeah. maneuver and they're doing all Posies this as go. they escape <laughs> yeah and then we see our family trying to do the same thing they're just atrocious at it. I was like, okay, I love that. Like, it's one of those gags that it's easy to think up, but executing it really depends on like your creativity and then how you're able to handle it. And I thought it was executed extremely well. So I love that. And then everything after that, I think, was just a beautiful uh, fusion of that heartfelt stuff, that sentimentality, and mm-hmm. a lot of the humor. I think they're able yeah. to have a really strong balance with it. And of course, throughout, it also had that big stylistic animation, which I know you were certainly a big fan of. Oh, yeah. Um, where they were able to have like little doodles showing like Katie's creativity. Um, I did love that great, shit. But then 
all the vibrant colors and whatnot. Um, even the like animation style of the people themselves. Because I noticed that's always like if the animation style is uh, of the like bodies and whatnot and their proportions to each other, if it's mm. a little too like weird or grating in a way, I always realize that I have a harder time connecting with it. But this one, I think um, it was like stylistic, but it wasn't too wacky or too insane or mm. too like inhuman um, yeah. that it was like distancing. So I like that as well. It was distinct. It was unique, but it wasn't off-putting. So that was also another strength that I had. But yeah, I was in it for the whole time. Like I was always like, this was a good film. That's when I was like, okay, this is hitting its stride. And I am fully involved now. It was great. Yeah, it's a fucking awesome. I love this movie. <laughs> I mean, I do have a, a special attachment to this movie that you... I don't know if you remember, but when I first watched it, it was when I, I went to the beach with everybody and I got that wicked bad sunburn. <laughs> you remember this? I do remember. On, the, on my shoulders? Yeah, I remember accidentally hitting you on the shoulder a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the worst sunburn I've ever had in my life. It was like second degree burns on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I laid in my bed and Alexa put like aloe on my back and we just watched this movie and drank milkshakes and it was awesome. Gotcha. It was a very, very good time. And so and that definitely like impacted like my memory of watching it, which helps sell it as a better movie, even though it's already a good movie outside of like a good memory. So mm -hmm. like the two For merge sure. together, make it awesome. Yeah. I also like the like somewhat like retro um, tech mm -hmm. aesthetic as well that they had with like the rhombus of eternal suffering or whatever it was. I forget what it was exactly. But that whole like the hub of the evil robots. Yeah. that that was great and they always would put in the, like soundtrack or in the score they would have the like retro disco wave beat underneath it which i thought was cool they had a character referenced oh this looks like a journey album cover and i was like it does and that's such a good aesthetic um so i love that part another note of like the beautiful vibrant animation that they had the green i don't know how it's described it like the stream or the road of like all the captured humans that are in the little green boxes. Road's a good one, yeah. And they're getting transported over to the rocket ship. Mm. That's just so, especially for like that dystopian sort of vibe that they're going for. Because obviously they don't lean into that too, too much. Because like right when the apocalypse starts. But in terms of like building out that world, that is such a cool element to include. Because yeah. they're able to follow it as like a guiding light. But it's also so such a horrible guiding light to be following because it's like every single human, everyone you could possibly know is trapped in those boxes, getting transported to who knows what at that point. So mm -hmm. it was both beautiful, like aesthetically pleasing to see that it fits in with the story world in a really interesting way. Um, but it also has that undercurrent of like a little bit of somberness of like, wow, everyone is getting taken away. We're the only ones left and we have to save all those people. Like I think it was a really... Uh, interesting choice that they had there so yeah mm. i also wanted to point out with their unique characterizations of each of the family members again they each had their own little thing their own sort of archetype and their own traits um that we would see play out so katie of course being the, the creative and quirky she's the teenager so she's adept with all the technology she's also the one doing all the like the film stuff all the youtube video things that she does um, and that contrasts with 
the father, Rick, the handyman, he's always trying to fix things, and he is completely averse to any and all technology, um, which of course is something we can all at our age understand when our older parents or grandparents aren't able to keep up with all the new tech stuff. Even yeah. at this point, again, I'm like, I'm not able to keep up with all the tech stuff. Yeah, some of it's going past my head now. Yeah. Which um, sucks. It does. We're getting old. Getting old. No, I got I to gotta keep up to date. Mm-hmm. We have Linda, the mother, who um, wears that like purple clothing, the purple glasses. Um, and then she's also, she likes to bake and put their children's faces on the cupcakes, which is a little terrifying, but it's you know, awesome. Well-meaning. Um, no, and then we... Awesome. <laughs> And then we have her being envious of the Posey family and how they're able to have the perfect social media life where they're posting these pictures that are fantastic. And Linda's family is a little more dysfunctional and isn't able to do that. Um, and that's also a thing that I think a lot of people can relate to, of, especially nowadays, like seeing on social media, everyone putting out their best selves and you're like, oh, how come my life isn't like that? Even though obviously anything on social media is like the best of the best. No one is showing the everyday moments or the worst moments. So mm. I think that was another interesting uh, framing to have or set up to have for that character. And then you have Aaron, the little kid. The weird dino kid. Yeah, he's very weird. He loves dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of shy, unable to talk to like other friends and whatnot. But yeah, so they each had their own little thing. And at various points in the film, we get to see uh, like how they're dealing with that. Like when Rick is trying to take the fixer role on when they're in the dino world. Linda, again, seeing the posies and she tries to take a photo, but it doesn't work. And so she has to put like a filter on it so that it looks a little more normal and inviting. Um, so yeah, I think it was nice that they were able to flesh out each member of the family, give them mm -hmm. their own personalities. And then, of course, as the story goes on, uh, we get to see them progress and change a bit. But the mm -hmm. core of the film is still... Katie and Rick, that father-daughter relationship. Um, do you, because you weren't able to rewatch it, right? So no, you've only I'm seen not. it that one time. No, I've seen it recently. I just okay. didn't rewatch it this like past month. It was like a few months ago I watched it. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, I think the their sort of relationship and that being the core of it works mm -hmm. quite well. Um, oh, absolutely. We see it from like both sides of them, um, which I like that they do that. They like sometimes will cut between. Like Linda talking with Rick and trying to get him to see like where she's coming from. And then Aaron is doing the same thing with Katie, trying to get her to see where uh, their dad is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that part was great. I thought when Katie did the pep talk, she was like, think about it. Like you, we did this in order to stop those rabid, like what was it? It was a ferret or a skunk or something. They got like attacked by some rabid animal and then they were able to, ward it off and then go get their rabies shots um she was like giving him that pep talk to go like come on we're not we don't play it safe we go out there and do something bold and do what we need to do and you can do it and then we find out a minute after that as she's telling Aaron that she didn't mean a word of it she was just lying so that she could get him going so they could solve this problem so she could go to college and leave forever and i was like yeah. oh damn oh that one's dumb and then that payoff later when he hears it, um, which he, he's shown it by 
uh, Olivia Coleman. What is her her name and the thing? Pal. What is the actual robot called? Pal. Is it just Pal? She's just Pal. Just pal. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. How vicious to show that yeah. video. Um, yeah, that was good. I did like as well when Linda's telling Katie that they're not so different, even though he's much more of that like handsy person mm-hmm. who's not very um, artistically inclined. I like that she was able to draw that comparison between, well, look at what he did in building this cabin and how mm-hmm. like aesthetically pleasing that is. Like that is an artwork in itself. Um, yeah. And so that you guys- was gorgeous. It was, yeah. So you guys aren't that different. Um, and so I like that she was able to identify that um, similarity between them, even though, again, on the surface, a lot of what he does isn't what we would consider typically to be art. She was still able to call out that, no, I mean, a lot of those same sensibilities are being put into the work that he does. So that was great. And then the dog cop video, I also thought was very mm-hmm. resonant because it's her putting the dynamic that she has with her father into her art because she can't express it any other way. She can't really talk with her dad about mm-hmm. it. And so she has to put it into her art, which I'm sure you and I and everyone who has done any sort of creative work can uh understand and then yeah yeah, that is what is able to make him fully understand her side it's the first time that he actually watches one of her videos for the first time um and then yeah he does everything he can to escape and then go help her out he has to learn how to do technology um i don't know if at this point anyone is that tech averse that they can't type in youtube.com but you know (laughs) Maybe there's someone out there that exist. is yeah, struggling, exist. perhaps. Um, but yeah, so he's able to to do that, work on his computer skills, and change his programming, uh-huh. as one of the robots said. So that was a nice little message as well. Yeah. But yeah. What were some of the uh, funnier moments that you had that made you laugh out loud? What What moment made you lull really hard? So... I don't know if there's ever one that I was like belly belly laughing for an extended amount of sure. time, but there were a lot of ones that did have me audibly like laugh and chuckle. Mm. One of which would be the Furby scene, the Furby scene in the mall. Yeah. That was so funny, especially when the elder Furby came out and it's just massive. <laughs> and she's like, why would anyone make one of those? Who would do this? That I thought was great. Him speaking in like some just unknown yeah language elder language, language. Elder furby language yeah it's hilarious like back to the eternal darkness i will go um so yeah, i thought that was great the two robots eric and deborah bot 5000 they were hilarious they're i love these guys so much pretty much everything they were saying was funny and so many of them did get me to actually laugh out loud one of which was the going down the stairs bit I love that just in general. I think it's a hilarious gag because it's so stupid. But yeah, of course. the way that they did it as well, we're going to go downstairs to find some humans. Then they do it and then they come back up and they just got markings on their face to look like it's a human face. So good. Love that part. The other one was when they're in the car, they're driving away and then some of the robots spot them. And so she's like, hey, get those robots, get those robots. And then they 
turn to each other, goes, found one, me too. And then they hold hands and I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. That one was hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, the whole, in the dino scene as well, they had another great one um, where one of the robots, Eric, was trying to get them to, or trying to make it seem like it was an impossible mission to put the kill code in. They're never going to survive. It's not going to work because he doesn't want them to get there because he still has some of his programming and trying to protect Pal. Um, and so he's, he's like, oh, it's super fun. You'll never get there. The other one's like, oh, it's 80 miles away. And he's like, oh, what are you doing to me? What are you doing to me right now? That one was so good. Their banter. You love it. You love to see. You love course, to see it. It's hilarious. Getting their little, their progression as well, where they become the adopted sons of Linda, start yeah. referring to her as mother. Um, they feel emotion when he draws the tear on his eye. <laughs> um, it's fun. Yeah, that stuff is great. So yeah, I think they were they were well used because they weren't overbearing. They didn't go into them way too much. They were used like at just the right amount. Um, so yeah, that was a this were my favorite characters for sure. Um, and then they also had a lot of setups and payoffs for different things. Of like course, the screwdriver bit coming around, which again, some of these things were not always subtle. But you know, it's a family movie, so they got to make sure the kids are able to connect the dots as well. Who walks around with a Phillips head screwdriver just on them? Exactly. And then he had it. And then she had it too, which was sweet. That she yeah. also was able to, she was already in the midst of doing that when he comes around. Um, but then you had the, <laughs> the Live Your Life song. The yeah, Rihanna song. That one was, I was amazed that they fully went for it, had it come back at the end and they played the whole song, but that was cool. It was fun to see um, heartwarming and whatnot, to see father, daughter working together, bonding over that old song that they used to love. Super cool. Yeah. But do you ever get an age, like, would anyone ever really hit that age where they're not going to do the Mayahi part? I mean, come on. It's a classic. Yeah. You, always do. you can't grow out of that. Of course. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You had the moose thing. Um, which I was nice, that being like his favorite thing. And it was, yeah, I like the moves uh, a lot. One of the like, last, they really, they really hint to it a lot. They do. Yeah. The beginning. Yeah. Which I, I thought was very well done. Mm -hmm. And then we get to see the like actual meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was that last thing that he took. The only thing really that he's kept from that cabin that he spent so much time in and worked so hard on and ultimately wasn't able to keep it. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and that also is fueling his motivation for being like oh is this really like what you want to do with your life like maybe have a backup plan because he doesn't want her to fail in the same way that he did mm -hmm. and not have something to back it up so yeah i think that was a great item to use there that moose um, and then other things like the learning to drive up the mountain across the stream down the river and then they had the gag of the dog kissing rick um bro that shit's so funny it is oh, that dog oh. <laughs> and that dog was cool also that having him was. another thing that was funny was when pal olivia coleman in the phone is just getting flung out of the tower and then yeah. the dog has to catch it <laughs> and yeah. he's like i don't know like two lazy eyes or cross-eyed or whatever it is and then we see the eyes like straighten out as he's trying to catch it and then he still doesn't catch it that was funny. it was nice but yeah, we see them be victorious over 
pal and the pal boss and they free everyone and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to embrace their weirdness. We see Linda using the wacky photo that they used instead of the one where they look perfect because she's like, oh, this represents who we are more. So I thought that was great. Um, and then as they're dropping her off at college and they're all saying their goodbyes, they start howling or doing something like they were supposed to be, I think, doing whatever moose does. What noise does a moose make? I have no clue. I think it sounds similar to a cow. But <laughs> how the fuck am I supposed to know? You know? Yeah, I don't know. But they were more howling than mooing. So, yeah, whatever. I think it's doing. more like a screaming moo, you know? Right. Yeah. So yeah, whatever it was, (laughs) whatever it was, they were doing that um, as the bystanders are like, what is going on with this weird family? But Mm. they didn't care because they were just doing what their family does, having some family time and enjoying it without caring what other people think about their weirdness. So I think that's a nice little message as well. Um, So yeah, I think it has a lot of strong themes to it. It has a strong emotional core. We get to see like the four distinct family members change over the course of the story. Some obviously more than others, but they all do have like their own little arcs that they're given. A lot of the banter is great. A lot of the gags are great. The animation, as we said, is fantastic and vibrant and stylistic. There's a lot to love about this film. There is. And I'm so glad you finally watched it. And I'm so glad you're having this reaction. So how many malfunctional pal bots out of five would you give the Mitchells versus the machines? You know what? We're going off of how we feel when we watch the film. And throughout pretty much that entire film, there's a big old smile on my face. And when there wasn't, it's because I was laughing. We all know you laughed frowning. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that but yeah i absolutely enjoyed my time during it i'm gonna give it a full five i'm gonna go for it now when we did this in the grab bag i gave it five olivia or four and a half olivia coleman's out of five (laughs) but uh this time i think i'm also gonna jack it up to a five nice look at that this is a full five film for both of us it is absolutely wonderful it's great it's one of those that i can see watching later on and then wanting to share with my kids at some point which Mm -hmm. yeah not all animated films i think cross that threshold but this is one where i'm like it's such a well put together film it's got a great message at the heart of it it's like visually stimulating it's entertaining so like any kid could like handle watching it they wouldn't get antsy so yeah i think this is an amazing, amazing animated film. Yes. Now, for my second flick pick, I wanted to respond to you having me watch Speed, which is a great action film from the 90s, by also recommending a great action film from the 90s. So I picked The Rock, directed by Michael Bay, starring Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, and Ed Harris from 1996. The box office was that on a $70 million budget, they made $134 million domestically, 335 million worldwide so a success mm-hmm. not, a, not yeah. a tremendous one but a success indeed initial so, reactions ryan go well first i want to hear about your experience uh first watching it oh, okay because this like you pointed out 
was your response to speed getting yeah. chosen. But when did you first see The Rock? Were you always all in on it as a great action mm. film? Talk I about can't that. remember when I first watched it. It must have been like 2016, probably 2015 or 2016, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And I just watched it because it was on and I was like, cool, action movie, Michael Bay, big explosions, whatever. And I really liked it because I thought the premise was really good. I thought the characters were really good. And I thought the action held up for the most part. And I just thought it would, like, of all the movies that I know you haven't seen, I thought this would be the best response to speed. Because there's a lot of good action movies in this genre. But I, I don't know if you've seen them or not. Have you seen Air Force One? No. I don't think Air Force One is as good. But I do think it's worth a watch. It's interesting what they do because it's Harrison Ford and he's the president and he's on a plane. <laughs> and he has to, to fight terrorists on the plane. And okay. it's very interesting how they, they stretch an action movie over one plane, like a very small area. But that one's okay. Die Hard 2 is good. Die Hard 3 is good. The other Die Hards are not very good. Uh, I'm, yeah, then, then you start running thin on these types of action movies you hit like speed 2 which i hear is really bad <laughs> and other stuff but but the rock was like of the ones that i know you haven't seen this is probably going to be the best response to speed because it's you know it's it's uh he's not quite an everyday man in the same way that keanu reeves is you know he's he's like a they're like they're like experts right they're not just like guys who are thrust into a situation they are experts in their field who then have to go and do what they're assigned to do, but under intense circumstances. Right. And this one has the added element of Sean Connery being there, being this sort of, not only is he like, like, cause when you get Nicholas Cage's character, he's not, you know, action oriented. He's a, a chemist, he's a scientist. And so mm-hmm. to aid him in his adventure, you add Sean Connery, who's this badass former British special ops guy who right. also broke out of Alcatraz, which is awesome. Yeah, it's a great premise. Having It's a really, really good premise. Having terrorists take over Alcatraz and we need to break in in order to stop it by using the only man that's ever broken out. It's, it's great. a great idea. Great action yeah. premise, for sure. And I also thought it'd be interesting because uncredited, there were rewrites done by both Quentin Tarantino and Aaron Sorkin. So I thought this was a very interesting... Script because I mean when you watch it, dude, the dialogue is it's there, bro. They it always is. end they always end on a great line on every scene, and then it cuts to the to the next action sequence. It's awesome. I agree for sure. Yeah, there are definitely lines where I'm like, ooh, I like that one. Like with Ed Harris, pretty much anything he says, and also his delivery mm-hmm. is always great. Um, but when he did the <laughs> the like progression of being like, I'm a friend asking you, I may superior officer ordering you i'm a man with a gun demanding you i was like now a man with a gun yeah so that stuff was great and yeah there are a lot of moments like that then there are other moments like (laughs) cut the chit chat a-hole which that paired with the the performance there is a little little wacky little over the top but still charming in a cheesy sort of way it's it's full nickels cage bro it sure is they let the man go loose for sure you should watch Face Off. That's that's real wild. Yeah, I've heard. 
We'll see. He's John Travolta pretending to be Nicolas Cage. I know, I know. He does, he does a, a full Nicolas Cage as well for two hours. That movie's actually, like, the action sequences in Face Off are actually better than the action sequences in this one, but the premise is a little bit more zany, mm-hmm. a little less grounded. But yeah, yeah what, are your, uh, what are your first impressions of The Rock? So yeah, like I said, I think the premise is super strong. Like, that's a really great idea. And I do love, as you said, the way they set up some of the stuff, like having, he's a chemist, but he's not a field agent. And now he has to go out in a situation where he has to use more of those like combat skills and tactical skills in order to get around. So that does give an element of like, okay, he's, he's in extraordinary circumstances, even though he's not some random Joe off the street, this is mm-hmm. still like outside of his realm of expertise. So he's still going to struggle through it. And we're still related to him in that aspect because none of us are trained combat specialists or field agents so i think they do a good job setting up that character as well as sean connery who is so cool dude he should have maybe kept the long hair look the yeah, grunge look i could see it he but looked dude, awesome. he looked, when they do that first reveal on him bro he looks like a beast he does he looks like man, an absolute monster bro he's yeah. so good in this movie so i think just him his presence obviously a lot of that comes from sean connery as well Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. Um, and then I think the best part of it for sure is General Hummel, the antagonist, because he is a man who absolutely is doing the wrong things because of a right reason, like a righteous sort of reason that he's he's trying to to hold to. So yeah, it's very compelling. Yeah, all these soldiers that he's had under his command for decades and decades doing these covert operations are unable to get the respect and the compensation and the recognition that they are due because they're like secretive missions. And so the government can't really confirm them. So he's fed up with that of all these soldiers being stiffed by their own government. And so now he's taking matters into his own hand in order to uh, essentially take these hostages and ransom them in order to get all that money to pay back the families of you know, his soldiers, as well as pay the like special ops that he has, the mercenaries he's got with him, and then take some for himself too, for whenever he has to disappear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of his monologues, they're so good. His thing about talking about like, uh, you'll all have to like leave and you'll not be able to step back on American soil ever again. That stuff is great. Whenever he's in conversations with the, um, like the Pentagon, the FBI director and all that. It's just so good. He shines so much. Yeah. Every single scene. It's a great, great character. I did think it was funny that the first scene is him going to his wife's grave and the grave just says his wife. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. His <laughs> wife. I, watched it and I was like, wait, what? It says his wife and then has her name. And I was like, why does it say his wife? <laughs> yeah, there were a couple moments. So who actually wrote this? There were some uncredited um, of Tarantino and Sorkin, but do we know how yeah, much? Yeah, but there were actual, actually did? probably just dialogue work. I'm assuming. I don't think they had much to do with the actual yeah, punching up some of the dialogue because there yeah. are a lot of instances of dialogue or choices like that where it's sort of clunky mm-hmm. exposition. The like screenplay when they were first... was, was David Weisberg, Douglas Cook, and Mark Rosner, who I don't even yeah I don't think they've done anything since. Yeah, there were some parts, yeah. like when they were first introducing um, John Mason, they had 
the FBI director and then one of the other characters talking about him. And it was one of those situations where, like, both these characters know exactly what they're talking about, but they have to do it in a roundabout way where it fills in the audience as well. And I was like, mm. you could have done it in a different way. And also the way they introduced yeah. Sean Connery, like, when he started coming out, like, oh, you had to do is that. That would have been enough. All you needed was the best escape artist alive that we can't allow the public to know exist. We need him for this. All you had to do was that. And then cut to Sean Connery walking out of that cell like a beast. And that would have done it. But An absolute monster. For sure. But yeah, overall, Hummel for sure was the most compelling um, character. Certainly. Again, the performance at Harris just so good. Oh, yeah. I love the star set of cast here. He's um, up there with like Hans Gruber as like really good antagonists, really well written antagonists for these kinds of movies. For sure. Um, yeah, he does the. When he's pressed to finally do it he has to like send out a missile but he doesn't allow it to hit its target and yeah. instead diverts at last minute um which is great because we see at that point like we know there's this moral dilemma within him that he doesn't actually want to kill any of these people like when the shootout happens in the shower he is like demanding them to put down their guns and they're not doing it and then he keeps trying to do a ceasefire as the shootout is continuing so he didn't want that to happen and then we see him being very regretful afterwards when he goes down and sees all the bodies and so this was a great moment where he's he's at his limits he's unable mm -hmm. to um like continue to stall any longer because now the people underneath him like those uh officers are getting antsy they know that they're about to have their bluff called essentially if they don't actually do something uh and if they don't send it out now then the government is fully going to know that they're they're bluffing. So he has to do something, but he still doesn't want to actually kill any innocent people. And so he has mm -hmm. to divert it last second. And that was great. And then when he is talking to the rest of them, he's like, okay, we're shutting down the mission. This we was all just a threat to do stuff. Yeah. This was a bluff. They called it. <laughs> and he says like, dude, I'm not killing 80,000 innocent people. Are you insane? So I love that he was, he was doing that. But then that other guy as well, <laughs> that was a great dialogue too, where he was like, where we're not Marines anymore, we're not soldiers, we're mercenaries now. I want my money. Mercenaries yeah. get paid. Um, so that was great. And then their little standoff good. at the end. Um, so yeah, good stuff. And then he also, as he's dying, tells them where the last rocket is. So he's able yeah, to help out at the very end. Oh yeah. Very, very compelling. Really well written. Agreed. So so that's fantastic. The other stuff, like they try to do with Nick Cage and Sean Connery, both their characters, uh, like how you have someone in San Francisco that they care about, which is yeah good to increase those stakes. It's um, enough, and then, you know. Yeah, and then there's they do enough. The unborn child that Nick Cage has, mm -hmm. um, and then Sean Connery at one point returns after trying to leave, um, by saying, "Oh, I don't want your daughter to grow up without a father." So of course he had estranged his daughter. Um, and again, I don't think, I think it's yeah, it's like a bare minimum sufficient yeah, level of what sure. they do doesn't go that deep isn't that compelling i'm not like that on the edge of my seat with anything dealing with but hey those it's an action characters. film you know exactly um i'm here for the action sure but yeah so they they had enough of like building in the stakes and having emotional connection with uh people that are in the city that are going to possibly die if mm -hmm. they fail at their mission so again it's good enough um but yeah i also did think with Sean Connery's character when he keeps trying to leave 
like two or three times. It was a little yeah. much. Like at a certain point, I feel like you were just committed to the mission outright. But yeah, I see how they needed to continue to have that like wavering back and forth. So well, he always he says, you know, he looks into General Hummel's eyes and he knows he's not a killer. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's right. He ends up being correct. He's but, right. Uh, but all the other mofos there are killers. They'll do what they that do. He, that he doesn't take into consideration. Exactly. But yeah, I also want to give a shout out to John Spencer, who plays the FBI director, Womack. <laughs> I fucking knew you would. Well, you know, I got to. Anytime there's yeah. a West Wing actor... <laughs> Got to do it. And it makes sense that Sorkin was on this film now because he probably was looking at uh, that character. He's like, oh, John Spencer. Maybe use that guy. Because he, of course, became chief of staff Leo McGarry in West Wing. And he's so good in that. He's good in this. I love to see it. So whenever you watch West Wing. (laughs) I'll watch it eventually. You will begin to enjoy every time you see one of those actors pop up in it's gonna be a those long old 90 time. films. Long time from now. Really? It's going to be a long time. It's Because it's such a long show, isn't it? It is, but it's God, one of those where... It'll take where forever to watch it. It's fine. You'll be fine. It's one of the shows where you love that there's a lot to it because it's so good. Yeah, maintains that I'll watch it eventually, I promise. quality. But yeah, it is from that older era where it's 20-something episodes a season. So it is a lot more. It's of 155 a, episodes and each one's an hour, bro. Indeed. I mean, they're 40 minutes, but yeah. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> one day. Uh, I did think the getting out of the cells scene was great. That was... Yeah, having Nick Cage go full Nick Cage in that moment as he's describing mm-hmm. all the things he did to get out. And he's like, but how did you get out of the cell? Because that might be something we need to know right now. As Sean I liked it, but I was upset that, that they didn't time it to where he's like yelling, how did you get out of the cell? And then the, the door swings open right when he says it. I thought that timing would have been funnier. I know. I think so, too. But, um, you know, you take what you can get. Overall, it still worked, I think, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have some other fun, like, 90s action gags and one-liners. Nick Cage doing the You're the Rocket Man thing. As Great. he sends that one dude out of the window. That was cool. The leg-kicking gag. The dude's dead. He got crushed with, like, the AC thing or something. Yeah. And then his leg is still twitching, and Nick Cage is like, does that always happen? He's like, sometimes. He's like, can you get it to stop? He's like, what do you want to do? Kill him Kill again. again. So yeah, that was great. Um, and also, when he put the, I forget what the poison's called. VX in, Gas, which is a VX, great name. What is it? VX Gas? V, VX. VX. Yeah, so the VX Gas in that little green ball, he puts yeah. it in that one dude's mouth and then punches him. That was Oof. good. That was hardcore. Uh, but yeah, overall though, the action scenes, they didn't grip me that much. I would say... A lot of, of them worked for me. The one that didn't work even slightly was the mineshaft one. I thought that was easily the worst one. Agreed. I was like, what is happening here? This is bizarre. But I like the car chase. I think it's fun. I think it's crazy. I think it, it gets way over the top, which I like. And then I like the shootout scene in the washroom. It's amazing. And I think that's the best one. Yeah, for sure. For it's sure. Like only good. 
And then the hey, and then the rest of them are just like little action bits, like where they're just like sneaking up and then attacking people or like shooting out. Like there's no like big other action sequences other than the mine mine shaft one, which wasn't good. It's more like little bits of action here and there sprinkled in, which is kind of what a lot of you know these movies kind of do. Like Die Hard is mostly just little bits of action, and then sometimes they'll have a big action set piece that they'll do. But yeah, this is this is definitely like it's more about like the story and how awesome it is, <laughs> right? Because I mean, they don't even get on to Alcatraz until like an hour in. True, which I think is a good choice. Yeah, I to agree. Have it because be built up how much story could you do <laughs> yeah. once you're on Alcatraz? There's not there's not much story. I mean, they defuse the first thirteen missiles very quickly. Indeed, and it's about finding the other two. So yeah, but yeah, that was uh, that was good. How many uh, how many Zeus buttholes out of five <laughs> would you rate it? How in the Zeus butthole, Zeus's butthole, did you get out of this cell? Uh, I'll give it a three point five. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I still think it's cool, and I still think it's awesome, and I like the actions, the action pieces a little bit more than you do, other than yeah. the the minecart one. Minecart one's bad. I don't know why they went with that. I, agree. I don't even know if there are minecarts in Alcatraz. <laughs> I know. I was like, we'll just go with it. Who knows? Um, yeah, very, yeah. very bizarre. Definitely yeah, bizarre. a good, solid action movie. Yeah, and for possibly sure. the inspiration for Dwayne Johnson to take on the name The Rock for his wrestler name, which is hilarious to think about. Overall, but, Ryan, how did my how did my picks go? How do you did I do a good job? I mean, yeah, of course. I'm glad to have seen the rock for sure making sure i have filled out my michael bay plus nick cage filmography. i will say i mean i haven't seen transformers in a while but i do think this is my favorite michael bay film interesting do you ever see the ambulance yet nope or i just i think it's just ambulance but you should watch it is that it good? thing is wild yeah no i don't Maybe. think so but it's <laughs> i think Maybe. it's there's a lot of it that's so insane it is enjoyable um, like again, Jake Gyllenhaal, he, he goes for, he's like, Nick Cage did what in the rock? I'm going to go even crazier. <laughs> so that man, he, he gets to his wild side, which I think is great. That um, is great. And I will say the car chases in that mm-hmm. are good. That's okay. why like the car chase in this one didn't stun me too much. Cause again, it was like whacking whatnot, but I felt it was a little drawn out. Um, there are beats I to it, it that I think are enjoyable, but yeah, an ambulance, there are definitely some legitimately thrilling car chase stuff because so much of it is you know a moving ambulance so they have to make sure their car chases are thrilling and satisfying but yeah obviously Mitchell's and machines i mean that was a true winner a banger yeah Give full I, knew five. I knew it would be i'm excited for your next flick picks whenever we do that and i'm Indeed. already gonna start compiling a list of what i want you to watch nice very very excited it. All right, that is all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you are listening to, whether it be Deezer, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening to us on. Please just give us five stars if you like the show. And be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.